Good evening. You're listening to WNUR 89.3 FM HD1 Evanston, Chicago. I'm Juliet Allen, and this is WNUR News at 6. Tonight, a peek into the Dittmar Community Gallery's exhibit, Wellversed. Bridget Mendler, what it looks like to fly solo, and the sports report. Those stories and more coming up from Northwestern University. This is WNUR News at 6. Walk into Norris University Center and you can find an array of poems and artworks hung up for your viewing. The 2024 Dittmar Community Gallery, well-versed, encourages the intersection between poetry and art. Erica Schmidt gives you a preview. If you have ever entered the Dittmar Gallery in Norris University Center, you may be surprised by the calm, quiet exhibit. Compared to Shakespeare's blenders just outside, the gallery is a peaceful getaway for artist connoisseurs on Northwestern's campus. And if you happen to visit right now, you will find Dittmar Gallery's 2024 community collection, Wellversed. The exhibit opened on February 15th and includes artwork from undergraduate and graduate students, in addition to local community members. Usually we have solo exhibitions, we choose from school of some artists that have sent in submissions, but this show is really unique because it allows us to showcase the talent and work of Northwestern community. That was Dittmar's exhibition assistant, Maggie Monday Odom, one of the co-curators for the exhibit. According to the gallery site, the collection is, quote, an invitation to explore the intertwining of art and language through the unique medium of poetry, unquote. Students were asked to submit a piece of poetry alongside their piece of art. I'm particularly excited about this theme because it allows Northwestern students to think interdisciplinarily between visual art and literature. Odom said they had over 60 submissions for the community show. We selected 33. We had to cut down simply because we are a small gallery and we only had so much space. I would have loved to accept everyone. But this year we really focused on pieces that fit the theme particularly strongly. In her second year of curating for Dittmar Gallery, Odom broadly explained the process to curate for Wellversed. Curating basically means that we were spearheaded the exhibition, so we put out the open call for submissions, we selected which pieces out of the submissions we would choose for the show based on how they fit our criteria, and then from there we actually figure out where to hang the pieces on the wall. In fact, Odom says the biggest part of curation is deciding what pieces will be in conversations with each other, depending on their placement. If you start with one piece, what comes next, and how does that inform your experience with the previous piece and the latter piece? Mm. And then um, it also involves like hanging all the art on the walls, which is a cool but also often challenging aspect of it. When you enter the gallery, you will find a variety of mediums there, ranging from collages to sculptures to paintings. Weinberg senior Matthias Newman's piece, Untitled Dream, is an oil and acrylic painting on canvas. Your eye may fall towards the long black rectangle that juts out above the canvas. He shared that the piece was based on a dream he had. Right now, I'm pretty interested in like my own like hyper awareness of my body and how exactly I can draw or paint that. And Newman said he felt like the abstract dream they had connected to the body. In this dream, there was like this empty room 
not empty, but yeah. with um, concrete floors and like a doorway. And in the middle of this room was like two pairs of legs and these like, weird like forms, like little shapes on there. And then this gigantic black bar, like just growing on top. That was pretty cool. Newman then took the initiative to paint the dream. And the sonnet they selected? It was by Ella Longpre. The first line reading, I still have dreams of water. Which is a very like specific, but like abstract way of writing that I admire. And a lot of her themes are about houses and like bodies. There's just a lot of themes that I resonate with. So I wanted to choose one of her, her poems for this, but I found that one online. And I thought it fit in some ways. However, Newman created the artwork before he chose the poem. Therefore, his piece is... Not about the poem, I'd say, but like, I do think it pairs well um, in some ways. Meanwhile, communications senior Jessica Vallon was inspired by one of her favorite poets, Sarah Kay. My piece, Pre-Loved, was inspired by a poem by Sarah Kay called Hand-Me-Downs that is about the kind of feelings that we inherit from our parents and the people that are around. So when the theme for the Dittmar Community Gallery came out this year, I knew that I wanted to revisit that piece specifically. So I spent a long time like rereading it, picking out pieces and images that were a part of the poem. Fallon's piece is a sculpture of a figure in front of a sink, looking into the mirror. I collected a bunch of objects. I went to thrift stores and I also pulled from my own collection that objects that were related to different memories that I've had. When I was listing the materials, I called it memories from myself and from strangers. And I think that there's something really interesting about taking objects that have histories that you don't know about, but just are very visually striking and putting them together. Fallon shared that going to the opening of the show and seeing other people's interpretations of the theme was an exciting experience for her. I see lots of really cool art in my classes, but I rarely get to see the kinds of art that people are making outside of the classroom. And uh, rarely do we get the opportunity to share and like showcase and put these things on display. So I'm really glad that I got the opportunity to see and also share. It was really cool. I've never had a piece in a gallery. So seeing people like standing next to my piece and like taking pictures of my piece was a really proud moment for sure. Looking ahead, Odom said Dittmar's team has collaborated with other groups on campus to increase this intersection between poetry and art. On February 26th, Dittmar partnered with Helicon, Northwestern's literary magazine, for an open mic night for poets. Meanwhile, Northwestern's Black Poetry Society and Northwestern's Asian Pacific American Coalition are collaborating to host a BIPOC open mic night on March 7th with Dittmar. Northwestern Art Review is also doing a poetry arts and craft night. I think often it's really easy for Northwestern students to get stuck in like the bubble of their major or the bubble of their extracurriculars. And so I think this show is a really unique opportunity to pop those bubbles and have folks that are interested in art think about literature and have folks interested in literature think about art and like really just have those conversations. Well Versed will remain open to the public until March 15th. From WNUR News, I'm Erica Schmidt. 
Former Disney star Bridget Mendler founded a space startup called Northwood Space. Amelia Donhauser and Sarah Thornton have the story. 31-year-old former Disney actress Bridget Mendler, who is best known for her role as Teddy Duncan in Good Luck Charlie, announced on X, formerly Twitter, that she's launching a satellite data startup called Northwood Space. Amelia Donhauser and Sarah Thornton have the story. Since the end of Good Luck Charlie in 2014, Mendler has been keeping busy with a variety of projects outside of acting. She graduated from the University of Southern California in 2016, and a year later, she began working at the Massachusetts Institute of Technology Media Lab. Mendler then began a doctorate at MIT in 2020 and then enrolled in Harvard Law School. We asked Northwestern students to give their opinion on Mendler's now TikTok viral career path. I haven't thought about Bridget Mendler's like in probably since I was like 14. And ever since coming to Northwestern or being in high school, Bridget Mendler, I feel like, was totally out of my life. That was Owen Lubin, McCormick Sr. studying mechanical engineering, who he says has, like many, done a deep dive into Mendler's LinkedIn page as well as her startup. My roommate a couple weeks ago was like, oh, have you seen Bridget Mendler, like, went to Harvard or something? Like, she's doing crazy things these days. I was like, I saw one TikTok where the comparison was the, the only person doing more than her at 30 was the person who had like multiple PhDs and was an astronaut. He believes that her accomplishments are impressive by themselves, but her young age makes it even more extraordinary. Other people who have found success in academia or or through like those avenues and then also like fame in the media, like kind of bridging those, but, but usually those people are 40, 50, 60, 70, right? It takes many, many years to accomplish both those things. Medler is not the only celebrity to venture into a different profession. In 2019, Kim Kardashian announced she was taking the bar exam. In 2023, Travis Scott announced in a GQ article that he was going to study architecture at Harvard University. So what makes Medler's startup different? I think to the extent that it's not, it doesn't feel like a gimmick. So I think a lot of like, like when I hear like Travis Scott's going to architecture school, it's like, yeah, he has this like passion for architecture, but he has like a lot of like money, access to things and like to to do that sort of thing and like the time and like to find tr- the training to like be able to get into that school and then do it at whatever age he's at. On the other hand, Lubin says he believes Mendler's new career path would have happened even without her Disney fame. And it's not just like her creating some sort of side project uh, i was on just on their website and they have tons of like venture capital investors she has two other partners on the project i believe also from mit um, it, it it sounds like a like c-suite of a startup of any like you know mit startup northwestern startup any of these like space startups you're, you're hearing about it's just that this one happens to also include uh a Disney child. Uh, so. Rachel D'Angulo, Weinberg Sr., has some thoughts on where Mendler's career path has taken her. Honestly, I think that her career trajectory is a really cool example of just letting your interests guide your path rather than always trying to like do what you're supposed to do. 
Um, I'm obviously not inside her mind, but I'd be willing to bet that when she was studying anthropology at USC, she would not have anticipated being where she is today. Lubin also believes Mendler can use her following from the Disney Channel to create awareness about her startup. Oh yeah, I think the future is just in in her and her company maybe utilizing you know this past fame not in a in a fairly utilitarian way right to to bring like not necessarily fame but just uh, advertising to their company and really get the message out about what they're trying to do and. As a mechanical engineer, Lubin also wants to learn more about her startup. For me as a mechanical engineer, super interesting. I'm working on a project that has to do with like space infrastructure um, in the mechanical engineering department. So I definitely want to look more into this company and see kind of what avenue they're taking. For now, we'll see where Mendler's startup goes, but it's pretty safe to say it seems like her Disney career is in the past. I don't foresee her really getting back into uh, acting or music. That doesn't seem like her path. For WNUR News, I'm Amelia Donhauser and Sarah Thornton. Figuring out how you fit in socially can be hard. When it seems like everyone else has friends to hang out with, self-conscious loneliness can start to creep in. But what about people who are okay just spending time with themselves? Georgia Kerrigan has the story. Others might find it unusual, but then you scroll upon an alarming TikTok. In the video, someone has decided to record a stranger eating alone and comment on how sad it is. Uncomfortably and self-consciously, you look around and wonder, do people here pity me? I saw this sad woman eating alone, so I decided to brighten her day. This has been a recent dilemma of mine. As an introvert, I have no problem doing most things alone. But as a freshman, there's been this intangible cloud of social pressure that, since coming to Northwestern, has left me wondering, should I be socializing more? To make sure the video I'd stumbled across wasn't a fluke, I searched eating alone on TikTok and was met with the following audios. And I'm just uncomfortable when I see someone dining alone, I think, what are you doing? Accompanied by captions such as, Why does eating by yourself feel so sad and lonely? And, There's nothing sadder than seeing old people eating alone. And many, many videos with the hashtag SadMouseMoment. A reference, of course, to the viral 2022 video of a claymation mouse eating M&Ms alone on the floor. But all this begs the question, what's so sad about eating alone? I decided to find fellow students who fly solo and ask them about it to let everyone know. You don't have to feel bad for the campus loners. Medill freshman Gavin Fisk is a self-proclaimed introvert. I asked him about his experiences with others' perceptions of introversion. I've definitely felt judged. But I don't know if it's like warranted. I don't know if they're actually like thinking like that or if they're just like, why is, why is that preferred? People have been like, I don't get that. But he acknowledges that some of the self-consciousness doesn't stem from others' reactions. Being an introvert, I think you like think about yourself and like how other people are thinking about you. So on some level, I do think that's in our heads. Interestingly though, when I asked Fisk if there's anything he doesn't like to do alone, his take contrasted mine. I don't like eating alone. 
There was only one thing I needed to find out from this fellow loner to see if we were, for the most part, on the same page about what it means to fly solo. If someone sees you alone, should they feel bad for you? No, not at all. So, according to Fisk, what some people may see as loneliness is the preferable choice for others. But what about the people who take going solo to other aspects of their day-to-day? I heard the stereotype that flex people are antisocial. I think it's as social as you want it to be. That was RTBF sophomore and self-proclaimed plex princess, Lily Kim. She has no problem living in a dorm full of single rooms. And she doesn't think that choosing to be alone sometimes makes you a loner. There's like a societal stigma, like people are scared to be alone, but I think it's very healthy to get to know yourself. And I think it's also great to be with people, but yeah, don't feel bad about being alone. Embrace it, embrace your time with friends and family and others and embrace your time with yourself. If Kim feels insecure about people seeing her as a loner, she doesn't show it. When I asked if she feels judged for flying solo, her reply came with a shrug. Sometimes, but I feel like that's just me projecting onto myself. Like, I don't think it's that serious, no one cares. Sometimes, even if you don't consider yourself to be a loner, you can understand how people might see you that way. My deal freshman Ashley Wong is 21 years old and from Singapore. She acknowledges that amongst the freshman class, she could be seen as an odd one out, but she told me she doesn't feel like she is. I actually feel totally fine because I think college is the great leveling point and everybody goes through the same thing. Everybody goes through welcome, welcome. Everybody goes through the introductory sequence. You know, we all go through the same things, feel the same experiences. And I don't believe that age is like the ultimate quantifier of how you experience life. So if I ever feel lonely in this school, it's probably more because of other parts of my identity than where I live. And despite her decision to live in a single, Wong doesn't think that makes her a loner either. The myth that people have that Plex is like a prison, Plex is like a jail cell, Plex is like a loner's place where nobody talks to each other and the hallways are dead, that's completely wrong. To me, it doesn't matter whether I make friends with my, my roommate or whether I make friends with people in my dorm because I know I will make friends and I know I will make friends somehow. I, I just don't need it to be in my, in my house. I am really like someone that loves to isolate myself. That's how I gain energy after like spending energy with others. For Wong, maturity plays a big role in how she thinks about social expectations and insecurities. I think it's a confidence thing. I, I mean, I'm a bit older than everybody, so I don't really care so much about some things because I've already been through that phase. I love eating by myself in the dining hall. I love walking outside by, my, by myself. I eat in downtown Emerson by myself. It, it doesn't affect me at all because I'm aware of eating alone or I don't know, going to a stack alone or whatever doesn't make you a loner, you know? And also, what's, 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 the, what's the big deal, right? I mean, everybody goes at their own pace and everybody... Um, it takes a while to develop a community. Of course, there is that perception that people, especially with more, I guess, immature people, would think that, oh, if someone's eating alone, someone's, someone chose to sleep in a dorm by themselves, maybe they're a loner, maybe they don't have friends, but I, that's like the, the last thing that I go to. So for anyone out there who may be overthinking their sad mouse moments, or anyone who feels bad for us soloists, the sometimes loners of Northwestern would like to remind you that for them, being alone isn't lonely. It's spending time getting to know yourself. For WNUR News, I'm Georgia Kerrigan. With another week of games in the book, the Sports Report has you covered. Whether you're wondering about how many goals Izzy Skane scored or the masterful pitching of Ashley Miller, Gabe Shunway has all the highlights. Gabe Shumway here with your NU Sports Report on everything from this past week. 
Diamond sports are in full swing once again with series for Northwestern's baseball and softball teams. The baseball team was in Durham this past weekend for a three-game series with the 12th-ranked Duke Blue Devils. The Cats pitching held strong in Game 1, limiting Duke to just two runs. However, the offense was unable to provide, resulting in a 2-0 loss. The second matchup saw Duke's offense take off in an 8-2 victory. Trying to avoid the series sweep, Northwestern bats came alive in the third game for nine runs. However, this hailed in comparison to Duke, who put up a whopping 20 runs, completing the series sweep and continuing their undefeated season. The softball team had some weekend matchups of their own, the first of which was with 19th-ranked UCLA. This was a classic pitcher's duel with Cats starter Ashley Miller having a strong game one, going six innings with only one run allowed. But alas, she was outdueled by UCLA starter Taylor Tinsley, who pitched a complete game shutout to close out a 1-0 win for the Bruins. Saturday saw matchups with San Diego and Loyola Marymount, resulting in a 2-0 loss to LMU, alongside a 9-8 win against San Diego. In the final game of this weekend tournament, the Cats matched up with the Oregon State Beavers. This win came on the back of a complete game shutout for Ashley Miller, limiting the Beavers to just one hit. Both men's and women's basketball had home games against Michigan this past week. Entering the men's matchup, the biggest storyline was Boo Booey standing just four points shy of breaking the university's all-time scoring record. He did so with a long three in the first half against Michigan. The Cats, while trailing early, were able to make a come-from-behind win, and a big one at that, with a final score of Cats 76, Wolverines 62. They are currently tied for third in Big Ten Conference play, and are in a matchup at Maryland as we speak. The women's matchup with Michigan did not go so well, as they ended up losing by the same margin of 14 points, with the final being 74-60 to Wolverines. Junior Kaylee Walsh led the team in scoring with 14. Sophomore Caroline Lau led the team with 9 rebounds and 7 assists. They were no match, however, for the Michigan offense, led by a 16-point double-double from junior forward Layla Fela. They also had a matchup with 14th in the nation, Indiana, last night. It was also senior night with five seniors in the starting five for head coach Joel McEwen. However, it was the junior guard, Melanie Daly, that led the team in scoring with 24 in the contest. Indiana forward Mackenzie Holmes was the highest scorer overall, though, with 28 points coupled alongside nine rebounds. And finally, the women's lacrosse team also had a game this past week as the Cats traveled to Boulder for a game against 20th in the nation, Colorado. The score was knotted up at 6 after the first quarter, but Northwestern began to pull away as the game went on, finishing with a 19-14 victory. Madison Taylor led the Cats with 6 goals as Izzy Skane racked up 5 of her own. Aaron Koikendall led the team in assists with 4. The Cats' rank improved to third in the nation this week, and it sets up a big matchup tomorrow afternoon where they'll be in Massachusetts, going up against the current number one, Boston College.
That wraps up your NU Sports Report for this week. For more information about upcoming games, as well as how you can watch the Wildcats live, visit www.nusports.com. I'm Gabe Shumway for WNUR News. Now for a brief look at the forecast. After an unusually warm February day yesterday, Chicagoans got a reality check this morning. Today, temperatures have been in the 20s and 30s with wind gusts up to 40 miles per hour, reminding everyone that winter isn't over yet. But don't lose hope. Temperatures should steadily climb through the rest of the week and chances for any chilly precipitation are low. Tomorrow will be in the mid 40s and sunny, Friday in the lower 50s with a little cloud cover, and Saturday will be sunny again with a 55 degree high. Finally, on Sunday, we'll get another 60 degree afternoon before temps drop again. In summary, Chicago weather is keeping us on our toes, as per usual. Taking a look into the headlines in Evanston, Chicagoland, and across the nation and globe, this week is Eating Disorders Awareness Week. Northwestern University Student Affairs has partnered with NU Health Promotion and Wellness to put on several events throughout the week. Yesterday, This Is My Brave, The Show, was presented in Norris. It featured 21 individual stories about eating disorder recovery through song, poetry, and more. Northwestern OSTEM is hosting a vigil to honor Nex Benedict, a non-binary teen who was killed earlier this month. The vigil will take place at 6 p.m. tomorrow in Deering Meadow. This month, the Rogers Park Business Alliance, along with the city of Evanston, announced a plan to improve Howard Street. The plan includes an addition of two plazas, public art, and other amenities to foster community and make the area more accessible to pedestrians. Earlier today, Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell announced he will be stepping down in November 2024. McConnell is the longest-serving Senate leader in history and held the position for almost 20 years. That's all for WNUR News at 6 p.m. For more news updates and reports, follow us on X at WNUR News and Instagram at WNUR News 893. You can listen to these and other WNUR News stories on our website, WNURnews.org. That's WNURnews.org. Find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Our producer today is Sophia Kesa, and our reporters are Erica Schmidt, Amelia Donhauser, Sarah Thornton, and Georgia Kerrigan. I'm Juliet Allen. Check out our next newscast Friday, March 1st. Now, back to scheduled programming.